0: Listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of October 16, 2021. This week's local stories feature school mask mandates, COVID relief money, and a follow up on last week's duplex story, but first, a look at the big picture. Schools are adapting to a nationwide shortage of bus drivers. Iowa Pupil Transportation Association Director Chris Darling said that while Iowa has had a slowly growing bus driver problem for decades, it was quickly exacerbated by the pandemic.
1: Every state is having a significant problem hiring drivers.
0: You know, I, I know several drivers
1: here in Iowa that have retired for the fact that they just don't want to catch COVID. They're staying home. When you're loading a bus, you got kids coming from a lot of households as you're driving your route. And if you drive extracurricular activities for sports or, or uh, academic trips... You got kids coming from all over the community onto your bus. So you have a you have an increased chance, obviously, of contracting COVID. And a lot of your retired people they don't want to take that chance.
0: So we've had a lot of people retire
1: uh in the past year and a half.
0: Darling said the shortage impacted rural and urban schools differently but with equally severe problems. While urban areas have had to compete with other businesses to keep their extensively trained drivers, rural schools struggle to find them in the first place.
1: Rural communities are unlucky and lucky all at the same time. Once you get a driver trained and hired, there aren't as many opportunities of employment in a smaller community. So drivers tend to stay with you longer. Now Keep in mind, when the smaller opportunities, they have a smaller workforce, so they have a difficult time attracting people to their school district to drive bus. You know, it goes back and forth, but once you get a driver trained in a smaller community, they have a tendency to stay longer. Mid-Prairie
0: Transportation Director Teresa Hartley said the school was taking things day by day.
1: There is not anything that I feel certain that I can say, oh, yep, we're sitting fine. Um, It's just a day-by-day situation. Um, Luckily, I'm able to drive too. We have had days where we have had nobody, and then we have to get creative. So then, you know, we have to figure out how we can make
0: it work. Despite its challenges, Washington Transportation Director Woody Harden said the job was worth the effort.
1: Bus driving is is very rewarding, and uh, being able to see you know, students every day and to, you know, watch them, them grow over the years and, and change as they, they go through school is, is rewarding. And, you know, being able to impact their life every day in probably ways that they don't even realize, but you're there every day and you do the job every day and, and and, and you know, you're a big part of their, their school life whether they realize it or not.
0: You know, that's pretty rewarding. That's the big picture. We'll be back with the local news right after the break. The Washington School Board has no plans to implement mask mandates for the time being after a lengthy discussion at its meeting on Wednesday. Washington physician Dr. David Flannery said a mask mandate would help keep kids in school. Over 25% of all cases of COVID-19 in Iowa have been in the pediatric age group over the last two months. Even with a modest increase in masking indoors, we will decrease the sharing of these germs and drive down the rates of new COVID cases. The less cases we have in our community, the less risks we all have in getting new or repeated infections. I think we need to keep our kids safe, and we need to keep everyone, that includes students and staff, physically in school as much as possible. COVID illnesses are getting in the way of our kids being in school and succeeding. Not everyone will agree with my recommendations, but I'm asking the board to consider our reintroduction of mask use for students and staff to prevent illness to decrease the spread of COVID and to keep all the kids and staff in school and remain healthy. Some board members, including Troy Sutchin, said they couldn't justify it. I find it
1: very hard to require a kid to wear a mask. Even at the highest point, 96.4% of our kids weren't, didn't have it. To require all those kids to wear a mask when 964 of them were not affected is kind of ridiculous to me. You know, you're talking 3.6 was the highest. We're currently at not even a percent. How can we say put this thing on your face all day because 0.9% of your
0: schoolmates have something that we don't want you to catch. The board compared this year's COVID numbers to last year's. The highest case count at one time in the district this year was 52 kids, about 3.6% of the student population in mid-September. While it has since fallen to 13 cases, that's still more than the six in the district at the same time last year. Board members Suchan and Jason Hamilton weren't convinced school policies were to blame. There's, there's other variables
1: outside of what we're doing, though. The, the, the Delta variant is more aggressive.
0: Just because that number
1: doesn't mean that it's something we're doing wrong. The unmasking and the closeness of these children isn't happening only within our school. It's happening when they go to the zoo. It's happening when they go to sporting events.
0: We're not their only exposure to the real world. While she eventually voted with the rest of the board, Sonia Leva was open to the idea.
1: As a mother with, you know, kids with allergies, it's something that a lot of people don't understand. And if number were to tell me, you have to sit next to that kid that you've seen at, I don't care because are the only kid that can't. I'm just kind of equating this to that with kiddos that have autoimmune
0: compromising. School officials said they would be willing to revisit the discussion as needed going forward. Washington County plans to hold off on spending its COVID relief money for now. With final rules still pending, the Federal Treasury announced earlier this year that municipalities could use interim rules for their funds from the American Rescue Plan Act. Despite the green light, Board of Supervisors Chair Richard Young and Board Member Jack Seward Jr. said they were skeptical. Feds
1: have still not their feet. put out the final rule. Everything they keep putting out says go
0: by the interim.
1: They did put in black and white that if we take action now based upon the interim rules then that would be allowed. Yes. So they did do that. Of course, that's what they say now. Yes, I know. It kind of makes you. Uh, that's what makes you nervous.
0: Yes. Board member Marcus Fedler agreed, saying acting on the interim rules was an unnecessary risk. i well, just speaking from experience. Um, they can change their mind and require things that we didn't anticipate needing to be required.
1: I've personally had that happen. Nothing more frustrating than agreeing to do something and then having it changed three months later, four months later. I don't see any reason to put the county in jeopardy spending money that we would have to take from other places to do it.
0: The Washington County Conservation Board agreed to an easement with a duplex neighboring the Kiwash Nature Trail at a meeting Thursday night. Conservation Board member Stan Stoops read the resolution.
1: This board is going to take grief from this no matter what. We knew that going into this. Sold it or didn't sell it, we were going to take some grief from
0: the public. The board sold the 2,830 square foot portion of land for $28,300. Conservation Director Zach Rosmus said the board hoped the high price would clarify its intentions.
1: You know, we were pretty reluctant to sell a piece of property. Um, you know, $28,000 or in change, you know, associated with a property that small, you know, that's a, that's a pretty large amount of money. Um, and hopefully that makes it pretty clear. Um, that you know, it was a hard decision to come to. I, I think that if anyone reviews and looks at that price, especially if you're familiar with real estate and you look at the, you know, the square footage, uh, 2,800 square foot um, for close to $30,000, um, that's a pretty steep price point.
0: Duplex owner Matt Lepec said he was grateful for the easement. I mean, obviously it's a large amount of money, but at the same time, it's it's a resolution to the being done, and now we can move forward with letting somebody live in the property. That's it for the local news. Stay tuned for the best news I've heard all week, right after this. And now, the best news I've heard all week. The Mid-Prairie Marching Band won best in its class at the Muskie Marching Invitational in Muscatine last weekend. Director David Kunz said the win was made possible by hours of practice and a talented group of students. I have great senior leadership. I have, uh, I have very good freshmen. The freshmen I have are, are very prepared to play. They, they basically know how to, how to sound good. And, and they're, they ask questions. They're not afraid to like, ask how to do something. They're, they're willing to speak up and say, hey, I don't understand this. Or how, sh- how can I do this better? And, and that's really important with people who haven't done it before. Kun said he was immensely proud of the band's performance. I mean, I'm very proud that we got first and that we played really well. I mean, our scores for how we played the music clearly showed that we were the best band in 2A. Which is great, because as I tell my band, the rest of the year it's about playing. It's about making music, and that's, even during marching band season, that's number one for me, is do do we sound good? Thanks for listening to the Washington Weekly Review. This podcast is copyrighted property of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by Gazette Communications Incorporated, a Foleyan's company. Our music and sound effects are available through a Creative Commons Zero license. If you are interested in buying ads to rendering the breaks, give our office a call at 319-653-2191. Another way you can support the show is by sharing this podcast with a friend and subscribing to it on your podcast platform of choice. This has been the Washington Weekly Review. I have been Kaelin McCain. Have a great week.